Good morning. It's another edition of 22 coming right at you here. Uh, it's a very icy, but not cold, Thursday morning, February 21st, the year of our Lord, 2019. How the hell are you today? Uh, this is a Catch-22 podcast, just so you know, just, uh, taped every day for my own personal Catch-22 that I just cannot break free of, and it's that morning commute every day. From here to the train station, you get me for about 22 minutes. See that? Double meaning there. You don't get that kind of clever title everywhere you go, do you? Well, maybe you do. Who am I to say who's clever, who's not clever? Who am I to say that I'm clever? Anyway, we're off today. Everybody's got a two-hour delay. These roads aren't too bad, actually. Two-hour delay town right now. Everybody's in the two-hour delay. There have been overnight, I just saw, like, tractor trailers that had been on their side, box trucks that had been on their side, a car flooded because it hit a fucking fire hydrant last night. Uh, So there's been a lot of fun the past few hours, I guess, while the world slept, but now everything seems to be back in working order. And we're off. So the Catch-22, just so you know, there will be a new Sopranos podcast released sometime this evening. Uh, I'll be doing our discussion about the fifth episode of the first season, College. Great episode. Many tout it as the first great Sopranos episode. Some tout it as the greatest episode. Uh, it's good. I'm, I, don't think, I don't think it's the best Sopranos episode, but... I mean, it's, on, it's, on the, it's in the short conversation. It's on the short list of best Sopranos episodes. So... Be sure to check that out later on. And this year, Catch-22 is working on building a website of some sort. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's just going to have a link to the podcast, I guess, and some random material here and there, I guess. I want to write something once a week. I don't know what. Uh, I just got to get writing again. So it's just a place to, to, once a week, I'll put something out, whatever it might be. Been banging around a few ideas. Some heady kind of stuff. Um, want to talk about everybody's their own expert these days. They don't look to actual experts. There's actually there's a book written about that. I think it's called The Death of Expertise. Tom something. Fuck, I can't remember his name. But it is, it's going around, man. Everybody just thinks they are... Nobody does their homework. Nobody can be trusted to do the homework. So, oh, mailbox down, get hit by a plow. There's one. There's two. Oh, man. Two mailboxes. Got This one's dented. That one's upright. That one's upright. All right, so I plowed a rough, had a rough uh, streak at the end of the street there. <laughs> that sucks to wake up to. What a fucking prick. Come on, man. You're doing the plow. You can't be knocking fucking mailboxes over. Oh. For, Jesus, the first one of the block is ripped apart. Destroyed. What a fucking prick. So, uh, let's see. Last night was a basketball night. It was like we talked a bunch. We got into Hunter Thompson yesterday because it was the 14th anniversary of his death. Let's not sugarcoat it. Of a suicide. I think I said he blew his brains out. He blew the back of his face out. Whatever. He put a gun into his mouth and shot him off. I guess the gory details aren't really necessary. 
Um, but I just don't want to correct myself. And I could probably do like a whole week of just shows talking about Hunter. Talk about, you know, one day doing Vegas, one day doing the Derby, one day doing Hells Angels. Um, one day doing his later stuff, Lano. And uh, what was the other one? And the one, man, there's an article he did, Polo was life. It's so fucking strange. And the one about the the article about the, the divorce case. I can't I don't remember the details about this one. There's like a divorce case in Florida, and he was at the courthouse every day. And that's just, I can't imagine. You know, now you can do Hunter and football. Uh, I mean, there's a million things you could do. And we'll talk about Hunter. That's he's going to be one of the characters that keeps coming up in, in, my, in the cast. Uh, I mean, Kentucky Derby is next, you know, in May. Next month, I was going to say. Wishful thinking. Uh, Kentucky Derby in May. He'll come up then. His birthday. Uh, I can't remember what his birthday is now. August, maybe? I don't know. His birthday, when his birthday comes around, it'll come up July. I don't remember. Um, so he'll, he'll be a recurring character as uh, we go through uh, a Catch-22's calendar year. So, but last night I had to, I had to just drink, I just had to drink some beers, get a little stoned, watch some hoops. I don't know, I don't know what Hunter might do on a day like last night. He hated February, that's why he killed himself in February, because there's absolutely nothing going on. Um, but the big sporting event of last night was Duke, North Carolina. Once you know it, hey, also a lot of underdogs won last night. So I think Hunter would have cleaned up if he was gambling. North Carolina covered. Xavier beat Seton Hall. Uh, Georgetown beat Villanova. And what was the other one? St. John's lost. I think that was an upset too. So, hey, maybe that was a little Hunter coming through on uh, the anniversary of his death. A bunch of underdogs cleaning up for gamblers. Uh, but that Seton Hall game, or the Seton Hall game, we'll get into Seton Hall a little bit, but the Duke-North Carolina game, that was um, eye-opening, to be honest with you. We, I, got, I got to wonder how good Duke is. Zion, Zion went out 33 seconds in, and they didn't. Duke never recovered. Duke looked like they could hit in the mouth. Off the bat, they just had, they had nothing. And then Carolina outran them, they out-rebounded them, and... I thought they out-rebounded the offensive boards. Look at the numbers this morning. Duke actually had more offensive rebounds, but there was a time where it just looked like Carolina was getting everything. Uh, Second-chance points. But uh, both these fucking teams just chucking it from three. They went... Oh, shit, I got the numbers somewhere. They went like 10 for 60 from three-point range combined. That's fucking insane. Why are, we, why are we still shooting? Why are we still shooting threes if we're going 10... For 59, 10 for 59. Why are we still chucking them up? UNC hit two threes all night. At some point, you gotta stop shooting, man. Okay, your your game is better suited for 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 the inside the arc. That's fine. But they kept both teams kept chucking. I know Duke had to in the second half a little bit, but even before that, they were put them all up. 
And it was all, it was really only two guys on each team. It was Barrett and Reddish on Duke had like Barrett put up thirty three points. Reddish was in the twenties. And then uh May and Johnson on, on UNC. And May had a great game, thirty points. He was all over the he was all over the place. When Zion was gone, it wasn't there to obstruct anything in the in the middle. I mean May took over. So I mean they definitely missed Zion, but as my cousin brought up as we were texting about the game back and forth, what, what the fuck is Duke's second option? I mean, they are plan B. And this isn't a knock on Coach K, because Coach K's record speaks for itself. His history speaks for itself. But his teams historically, when they win, they have to be like the best version of that team. Everything has to click exactly how it's going to click. Um, exactly how they expect it to click, and he doesn't have underdog teams like these. Duke's never won as an underdog, and that comes with the territory. And and the only reason that, the only reason it matters at all in college is because with such a revolving door of talent, even when you have three year guys or four year guys, you know you're still every. Every three, every two or three years, you're you're bringing new guys in, so you're gonna have different levels of talent. You're not gonna have a Zion every year. You're not gonna have a Kyrie every year. You're not gonna get you're not gonna get these guys um, all the time, and, you, and you're gonna have to have teams that maybe will be a three seed or a two seed, and that's an underdog. But I don't think I'm not sure Duke is ever. It's an underdog for Duke standards. I have to look back. If they've ever won a championship as anything less than a one seed. I'm sure they have. Now that I talk now I'm saying it out loud. I have anything less than a two seed. Or what's the lowest seed that they've been when they've been in a championship? Or been in a final four. But it feels like it's always Duke it feels like it's always Duke as a powerhouse. It's not Duke as I mean it's Duke Butler or whatever, you know. Um, so it's interesting research to do today, I guess. Post game research, uh, but yeah. So his plan B. There was no plan B. They didn't. They never recovered when Zion went down. Hopefully he's all right. And now it's such a 2019 question. I never would have even thought about this 15 years ago or 20 years ago. But uh, people are going to start asking if Zion should just sit out the rest of the year. He's going to be the number one pick no matter what. And if it's in their best interest to, to stay off the court. Even if, even if he could come back, let's say he could come back in a week, or two weeks, or for the ACC tournament, whatever it is. What, what if the Zion people said it's better for Zion to stay off the knee and stay healthy? But in a normal, like everybody's playing for oh, this is another good one that I was mulling around for uh, something I should write about. But everybody's playing for their next contract, not for their current contract. That's a that's just a big change in philosophy over time. Somebody brought up an article where Tony Gwynn from like 1990 was making $4 million a year. And it was just, this was a juxtaposed like what Machado is making now in San Diego. And Gwynn said he thought he was being overpaid. said to the media he thought he was being overpaid, which is something that you would never say today. Just because you don't want somebody going to, the, to, to your agent come contract negotiations and saying, well, your guy says he's being overpaid at four, so let's give him three, eight, or <laughs> three and a half or something. 
well, people, athletes' mentality today is what's their next contract? I mean, look at Le'Veon Bell, who, in NFL, at least you put your money where your mouth is, right? At least you're saying, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get paid this year, but next year I'm gonna take a chance on next year and get paid. At least there. But like Anthony Davis, he's playing for the next. He's not. He still has a year and a half left on his fucking contract, and he wants out. He wants the next opportunity already. I mean, I just don't. It, that, that does. That's shit for a league. That's shit for a team. It's shit for a league. And it's bad. It's just bad for the fans. I mean, we're now, now fans get gypped at seeing Anthony Davis try to raise his game, to try and carry this team to a playoff. I mean. The diehard basketball fans will tune in to see that. Even some peripheral fans will turn turn to see it if they're if they are or if they are big basketball fans. If they're not necessarily a fan of the Pelicans, but you might tune in to see something like that down the stretch and see him as an eight, a seven, or an eight seed, and just watch Anthony Davis try and put a team on his shoulders. And it's fucking ripoff, man. The other game last night was Seton Hall Xavier. Well, this, so that's like, that, that's my point. Is I just I wonder like where does this where does this end? Is there is there an end or is this the new philosophy of, of all athletes to say well, look I'm just I'm looking I'm looking to turn the next page because the next page is the next contract. Where's my signature going next? Rather than playing out where they're where they sign on to go. And I, you know, look. Zion is no Duke anything. Coach K took him along knowing he's a one-year guy, knowing he's not going to go to class the second semester. Knowing that once March Madness is over, Zion is gone. So Coach K knew the risks with a one-year guy. I guess just because, just because I like to see Duke get fucked, I wouldn't mind Zion just being like, look, you know, I, just, I can't chance it risking this knee. It's fragile. I don't want to come back out. Go too hard. I'll be playing. I'll be playing iffy, and uh, I can't. If I'm second guessing myself, I put myself in more danger. I'm gonna get ready for the draft. He's gonna go number one regardless. His draft. His draft stock is set. I guess you could say unless there's a question with the knee, which I don't think there will be. They said it was a mild sprain, so I don't think there is a question about it. But. I suppose if you were to sit out the rest of the season, they might question it. But but that's a touch. That's such a 2019 question. It's not about the sport. It's about it's about the business too. Um, speaking of the business, I do want to watch that movie that's on Netflix about like the players breaking free of the NBA. The cool part about that movie is it's all shot on an iPhone. Who the fuck was the director? Not Darren Aronofsky. Who the fuck was the director? Shit, I can't think of it. He's been around forever, though. Uh, yeah, but I do want to check that one out. It's a reminder to myself, because I've been on Netflix for a couple nights, thinking of what to watch, knowing I wanted to watch that, but I just couldn't remember that that was it. So, thanks. Personal reminder. Uh, the other game I watched last night was Seton Hall gets Xavier. Seton Hall is 
Uh, they're a bubble team. I think they'll probably get in unless they shit the bed down the stretch, which is a possibility because they have teams like Villanova down the stretch, Georgetown, St. John's this weekend. So they have high... <laughs> They have a high probability of shitting the bed coming up. And plus, after last night, you had to wonder. I mean, that was that was a shit-the-bed game. They, they were down 16. They stormed back in the second half, under 10 minutes left, under 15 minutes left. They stormed back, hit everything. They, they pressured Xavier full court, got a, lot, got a bunch of stops, some steals. Uh, really, they put themselves in a position to win the game. And then, down the stretch... There was not a bounce call. They took they, they reviewed it. They got it wrong. They, the call was Xavier. They said they couldn't overturn it, which was bullshit because we. First of all, the, I mean Fox Sports showing one angle over and over and over and over. They showed two angles, and then they showed one of the two angles over and over and over and over again. I think they might have showed three angles, but there was one angle other than the one. That they showed that if they slowed it down, I, we would cut. We could have got a better idea of what happened, but we didn't get it. So in the midst of this run, they slow down the game to do this, and then there's another out of bounds call, and they got to do the same thing. And plus down, plus in the second half, they had to fix the fucking 24 or the shot clock, not 24 second clock, but they had to fix the fucking shot clock. All in the midst of this run, the shot clock thing was like with five and change left and then these two calls were like a minute and then I don't know maybe 45 or 30 seconds left and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that's why they lost they they should have they should have found a way to win that game they had a shot to win that game uh, wasn't the best shot they can get but they had a shot to win it oi look at this fucking guy this guy is Going slow down the street here. Oh, what the fuck time is it? Eh, I got plenty of time. Didn't knock, didn't knock the snow off his car. No blinker. Where are you going, man? If this guy turns right here. If this guy turns right here. We're at a light. No blinker. What are you doing, fella? I think he's turning left, though. Sorry. Um, uh, so I'm not saying that's why they lost, but definitely fuck with their rhythm a little bit down the stretch. Um, and that that first call, they got they were definitely fucked in that first call. They should have had the ball. They got to stop anyway. They, they fouled, and the kid missed a free throw anyway, but I don't know. It just... Um, it felt like they missed a chance there, and they, like I said, they had they still had a, they still had opportunity to win the game, and they missed a shot. So, uh, bad loss for the Hall. Needed that one. At home against a 500 team, you gotta um, you gotta take them down. Uh, let's see as we mo- as we roll up to train station. We got some unfinished business. I was going to talk the, you see the thing with the departed and the rat. Not very interesting. These guys want to remove the rat at the end of the departed. Well, fuck yourself, man. Get a, get a hobby. You're not Martin Scorsese. Stop. Alright. Say what you will about the rat. 
I think it had something to say about Boston. I think I was just Boston real estate. All right, no matter where you live in Boston, you're still gonna have fucking vermin. I don't think anything to do with the the metaphor. Ah, <laughs> uh, Antonio Brown met with Art Rooney. They're gonna work to trade him, but then Antonio Brown said they agreed to part ways, and then the Steelers came back and said, "Well, if we can't get anything worth our time back, we're not gonna trade him." So. The drama continues. Uh, man, I, w- I would I would get rid of him for I, just get rid of him. I, like I don't want a guy like that around my team. It's not worth it. It's not. We well, guys are gonna be better off than having a guy who's gonna cause problems again. I'm not saying I'm not saying give get nothing back for him, and I'm not saying trade him to like the Patriots or the Browns or like an in, an in. In in uh, division rival, interdivisional rival, anything like that, but just fucking get rid of him, man. It's not, he's not worth your time at this point. You really want that guy around? He doesn't want to be there. Let somebody else fucking deal with him. He's somebody else's headache now. Let me just say my piece about. I'm not gonna say it. I guess I'm pulling up to the train station. I was gonna talk about the John Wayne thing. I just don't understand why people have to. To just come up with outrage every day for just because. I mean, there's no some guy. Some guy was rubbing himself to fucking some '70s bush. Welcome to the Union Station garage. Take Came across this John Wayne article and found out what a vile piece of shit he was, what a vile racist he was. Which, okay, I understand that everybody is up to speed on everything, but. Do we need to have the collective outrage every time it's discovered that somebody from the past is a fucking racist? Like, is this a, is this a good use of your time? No, it's most certainly not. There's, there's a fucking editor in a, pay, a newspaper, I think Virginia, that was saying that the Ku Klux Klan's got to come back. Two days ago that happened, and we're going to sit here and waste our time about John Wayne. That's I just don't get the collective outrage about it all. I get that not everybody knows everything that we all think are that we all think is common knowledge. I get it, but I mean, every time like a seventh grade social studies class gets to Hitler, are we gonna have a fucking collective meltdown? I don't. It doesn't. It, I don't understand it. it doesn't make. It's just the, the selective outrage. It's like outrage for sport. Like the flavor of the day was John Wayne. It doesn't make any sense to me. It just seems like a waste of time. Yeah, John Wayne was racist. Okay, big effing, big effing deal. Go back to go back to your. <laughs> I, just, I think I was reading a Playboy from 1970. I was jerking off to fucking the guy. The guy likes natural beauties, I guess. All right, <laughs> he doesn't like he doesn't like all the the doesn't like the laser hair removal. I guess <laughs> this guy's a purist. All right, he's a purist and he has a heart. And he doesn't want to, he, he wants to kill racism also. All at the same time. Anyway. That's it. Go back and listen to yesterday's episode. That was a good one. Hunter Thompson all day. Uh, on the anniversary of his death. Tonight we'll be releasing the new Sopranos on college. What, look out for the website coming, I don't know, next week or so. We'll see. We'll get it out there. That's it for the day. Have a great fucking day. Thanks for listening. And as always, don't take any shit from anybody. We'll talk to you soon.